بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في العربين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوهن وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علمك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين Asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance and assistance, we start the third session on lessons on Islamic morals. Alhamdulillah, the book is now out and you should all have access to it. I am trying to finish today lesson three and inshallah go to lesson six. Lessons four and five are about the history of the development of science of akhlaq in Islam. And you can read yourself. Uh, there are important discussions about how <coughs> Muslim scholars were inspired by the Quran or Hadith to develop this science and then reference to some major works on akhlaq plus current situation in studying akhlaq, especially in the Islamic seminary of Qom, and how it has become an independent discipline, field of study. You can do a degree, postgraduate degree on akhlaq. There are journals, there are publications. So, inshallah, you will read lessons four and five by yourself. So we try to finish lesson. Three, and then we go to lesson six, inshallah, which is about some aspects of Islamic theory of ethics. So, in lesson three, one of the points is that although in the science of akhlaq we try to learn good actions and how to do it, to do them, bad actions, how to avoid them, good qualities, how to acquire, bad qualities, how to remove. But it should not stop just in that level, you know, just theory, just understanding, just knowledge. Akhlaq by nature is a subject that needs practice. Just by studying akhlaq, your akhlaq does not improve. You have to really change, transform your akhlaq. So, if we are not careful, we may even become experts in this field, but our akhlaq does not become better. Even you may write books on akhlaq, and your akhlaq may not be good, including me. That <laughs> 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 so, 
So it's not that because I have this book, then my akhlaq is good. There is a story that once a person had a dream of shaitan and said to shaitan that, you know, you are now destroyed because so-and-so has written a book about how to seek refuge from God against shaitan. And now people are going to be protecting themselves against him. And Shaitan said, I have encouraged him to write this book. <laughs> he didn't do it sincerely. He did it, you know, just to show off or something like this. So, there is a great chance that you may start first with real interest in improving, but then you would be just satisfied with terminology, concepts, you know, ideas, theories, and you don't really change. So we have to be careful. In the Quran, akhlaq is very highly regarded. And there are lots of evidence for some of them are mentioned in the book. For example, some years back we did a survey about the way the Quran talks about the prophets. You know, the prophets are very important because they are select of the creation. Yeah, 124,000 out of billions of people. And only some of them are mentioned in the Quran. So, we did a survey, and a paper is also published based on that, about moral characteristics of the prophets. For example, when the Quran talks about Prophet Ibrahim, Prophet Musa, Prophet Isa, Prophet Muhammad, Prophet Ismail, we collected all the verses about each prophet, and then try to analyze those verses and see what are the main things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about each of these prophets. For example, Allah praises them for being rich, being beautiful, being, for example, from certain part of the world, being knowledgeable. For what? Allah praises them. And it's very obvious that the greatest praise goes to their akhlaq, to their virtues. Even more than it goes to their actions, although their actions are also important, they have you know, good actions, righteous deeds, amal al-salih. But the main thing is their akhlaq. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he talks about Ibrahim he says he was وَذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِبْرَاهِيمِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ صَدِّيقًا نَبِيًّا صَدِّيق One of the most truthful servants of God. Or for example, when Allah talks about Ismail, Ismail was صَادِقْ الْوَعْدِ He was very careful in keeping his promise. 
and there are many other qualities. So, moral character of people is very, very important. Then, when it comes to Iman, faith, there's a big discussion among Muslim theologians, Shia, Sunni, you know, lots of schools of Sunni Islam in Kalam. They have discussed what is actually Iman. Is Iman declaration by tongue? Is Iman action by organs? Is Iman confirming by heart? Iqrar bil lisan, amal bil arkan, or tasdeeq bil janan, its submission, its acceptance of few propositions. What is Iman? Lots of discussions. But for sure, Iman would not come without some moral virtues. Because Iman is not just doing things or saying things or even just knowing things because there are people who know things but they don't believe, they don't have Iman. There are people that Allah says they were certain but still they denied. They knew the truth. So Iman is not just knowing the truth. Yeah? Abu Lahab, Abu Jahl, they knew that the Prophet was honest and truthful. But still they denied. Zulman wa ulubban. As an act of injustice and arrogance. So, it is true that you need knowledge, but Iman is more than knowledge. Iman is acceptance by the heart. It's submission to the truth. And that happens only for the people whose heart is open to the truth. Who are humble before the truth. So if you look carefully, you see even Iman goes back to Akhlaq. Why Abu Zar embraced faith and some other mushrikeen, they didn't embrace faith. Both of them were mushrik, idol worshippers. Why some people became like Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab and Abu Sufyan? Some people became like Abu Zar and Salman and Ammar and Baghdad and Yasser. What was the difference? They were all mushrik. And they all had the access to the Prophet and teaching of the Prophet. The difference is akhlaq, qualities of the soul. So if you look carefully, you see akhlaq is even more fundamental than iman. Because without akhlaq, you don't embrace faith, you don't submit yourself. Once we did a survey of the whole Qur'an with this question in mind. We had few questions, one of them was this. Is Iman voluntary or not?
The result is, according to Quran, Iman is voluntary. Means people choose to believe or not to believe. And this is why Quran blames the people who don't have Iman. It's very rare to find someone who has not really had opportunity for understanding. If there is such a person, he's excused. But most of the people that Quran is talking about them as kafir, because in the Quranic sense, most of the time kafir is the one who knows the truth. It's not that every non-Muslim is a kafir. Yeah? Kafir <coughs> is the one who knows the truth and doesn't accept the truth. These are the people who don't want to believe because they think they have to then lose some of the things that they enjoy. So, Iman goes back to Akhlaq. Then, when we did this study about the Prophets, one of the also interesting things is that, is that among these 124,000 Prophets, five of them, as you know, are the most outstanding. And they are Ulul Azm. Azm is a moral characteristic. means determination. There are people who are determined. There are people who try to be good, but they are not determined. They are lacking a strength of willpower. And this by itself is a big discussion, inshallah, in Atwaz. We will talk about it uh, when we reach Unit 3. The other thing is that. If we look at the mission of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and compare it with the task of Imam Mahdi Sharif, we can make a good conclusion. Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as we said before, says, إِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُ لِأُتَمِّمَ مَكَارِمَ الْأَخْلَاقِ yeah. And إِنَّمَا shows exclusiveness. means the only reason why I have been sent by God and raised by God, appointed by God, is to accomplish noble traits of character. This didn't materialize in the time of the Prophet except in himself and few people. But this has to become a universal experience for humanity. On the other hand, we know that Imam Mahdi Sharif is going to fill the earth with social justice and equity. Question. Is this end of the story that at the end we want to have social justice and equity? That's it? So then what about makarum al-akhlaq? Because as you remember, we said this is higher than justice. Even it's higher than reciprocation, makaram al-akhlaq. 
to give to the people who didn't give you. This is different from just giving to the people who have given you. So there's a discussion in the book and the summary of it is that when inshallah social justice is established, equity is established, then actually the time starts for moral development of people, for a spiritual progress of people. Because when there is zulm, when there is injustice, when people have no equal opportunities, then their main attention goes to just meeting their basic needs. We want every person, not only exceptions. You know, there are always exceptional people that even if they are very poor, even if they are put in prison, if they are treated as slaves, still they can be very high in their spirituality. But many people, they are stopped, or at least they are affected greatly with these problems. They would not have any time to even think about spirituality, you know, or even you know, study or you know, do it. So we inshallah would have the best opportunity for moral development, for spiritual development, in the time of Imam Mahdi Sharif, when when the issues of poverty, war, tension, these are sorted out. There is a hadith, for example, which says, when Imam Mahdi comes, Muzamala comes. What is Muzamala? You know, when two people travel on back of a camel and one sits on the one side, you know, the other on the other side, uh, you know, what, what is it called? This, it's called a special sandal, <laughs> but two people can sit, one on the one side, one on the other side. These two people are called Zamil. Nowadays in Arabic, Zamil is used for colleague. So my colleague is Zamili. Zumala, Zamil means colleagues. Muzamala literally comes from this route. Two people who are traveling together. But here we mean something else, more than that. Hadith says, when Imam Mahdi Sharif comes, Muzamala happens. And that is when a mu'min needs something, he can put his hand in the pocket of his brother and take it without being in need of asking for permission. This is going to happen. There is a hadith which is very important and in discussion about collective nature of wilaya, I have mentioned this. If you want the reference, it's online. From 
امام باغر علیہ السلام برائد العجلی he says to Imam Baghdad, you have lots of Shia in Kufa. Why you don't uprise against Bani Umayyah? Bani Umayyah were very corrupt, very unjust. You have lots of supporters. Imam Baghdad wants to test them. He asks a question. This is very fundamental. He says, أَيَّضَعُ أَحَدُكُمْ يَدَهُ فِي كِيسَ أَخِيهِ فَيَأْخُذُ حَاجَتَهِ These many supporters that you are talking about, are they so close to each other that if one of them needs money, he can put his hand in the pocket of his brother and takes... He said, no. And he was perhaps shocked, you know, why Imam asked this question. You know, I'm telling you, you know, we should uprise against Bani Umayyah. You are asking me, you know, is a Shia able to put his hand up? Then Imam said, فَهُمْ بِدِّمَاءِهِمْ If with their money they are not generous, then with their blood they would be more miserable. And the test is not to give money to Imam. The test for Shia is not to give homes, for example, or zakat. The test for a Shia is to give money to other Shia. To be able to die for other Shia, not to die for Imam. To die for Imam is not a big thing. To die for other Shia. So, this, inshallah, is happening in the time of Imam Zaman and in some people before Imam Zaman comes. Because if Imam Bagr didn't accept the invitation of people of Kufa, then how Imam Zaman is going to accept our invitation? For sure, he's also going to ask the same question. When you say, Ya Hujjat ibn al-Hasan, Ajjil ala zuhurik, we are many and we are ready to support you. He would ask the same question. Indeed, he would not be pleased with less than what Imam Bagr was, because that was a, uni a local mission, and this is universal, and this is the last chance. So, inshallah, in the time of Imam Mahdi, Sharif, we would have the best moral condition. Imam himself would treat people with so much of love and respect and mercy that hadith says all the inhabitants of earth and sky would be pleased with him i have mentioned for you some of these hadith for example on page 58 يَرْضَى عَنْهُ سَاكِنُ السَّمَاءِ وَسَاكِنُ الْأَرْضِ Even those who are in the sky, maybe birds, maybe angels, we don't know it's physical sky or you know higher skies, but anyone on the earth and this sky would be pleased with him. And you know, people would not be pleased just by giving them lectures. <laughs> people need more than just talking to them they need love they need respect yeah they need to be given their basic needs yeah 
or another hadith yarwa bi khilafatihi ahlu as-sama' wa at-tayr the people of heaven and birds in sky would be pleased with his governance or in another hadith it says page 59 in the footnote in the same way that birds go back to their nests you know like us when you want to have rest you go home yeah or you come to class <laughs> so birds they don't have class so they just go home they go to their nest hadith says in the time of imam zaman people instead of going home they go to imam zaman like birds going to their nest <coughs> no one wants to leave him and in the same way that bees go to their queen people go towards imam zaman but what is important and I think we have to take this seriously is that what you read about that time is not something that we just wait for it to happen it is actually a direction that we should take in our life and we should try to establish it locally and then Imam would offer it to all humanity so anything you read about that time from now we should practice it you know those who go to learn calligraphy the teacher writes the first line and then you have to imitate and you know try to write under it many lines till it becomes like that that first line we call it sarmash Sarmash, which is now used for role model or example but literally Sarmash is what your master of calligraphy has written and then you have to keep repeating writing till you can reach like that level of writing so what you read in the hadith of Akhirul Zaman about Imam Mahdi is Sarmash for us so that we achieve it there is very beautiful hadith about the companions of imam mahdi it says in the night they are crying doing ibadah, during the day they are like lions strong and brave if you look at them during the day you don't think that they are ever you know crying and if you look at them during the night you don't think they are that brave and strong they are so determined 
that if they decide to move mountains, they do it. They move mountains. They just need to know that this is what Allah wants from them. Then they do it. Then it says they are so close to each other in their way of thinking and behaving that you think they are brought up by the same father and mother. So if they are Khoja, Pakistani, Iraqi, Indians, Iranians, Lebanese, Chinese, Portuguese, Spanish, they look differently, but you think they are brought up by the same father and mother. Their hearts are united. United with what? Sometimes people, they are united for gaining something worldly. You know, for example, for winning election, they get united. For, you know, making business. But these are united with love. Wishing good for each other. So, this has to happen among the companions of Imam. And then Imam comes and offers this to humanity, then you would see that Makarimul Akhlaq is established. And then you will see all the prophets and messengers are happy because whatever they wanted to establish is accomplished. So, moral. Excellence is very important. And if you study the Quran, you find that Quran, when it comes to justice, would not accept any exceptions. You have to be just even with respect to your enemies. When it comes to doing good, you have to do good even to your enemies. If people do bad to you, Quran doesn't say do good to them. Do the best to them. Something which is the best. And then the one that between you and him there is enmity, becomes a very good friend of you. But this is not easy. It's not that everyone can do good to his enemies and then make them friends. It needs 
people who are patient, they have their emotions under their control, and these are the people who will gain a lot. They will have great benefit. So, this is something that inshallah is going to happen, but we should move to that direction and qualify ourselves for being helpers of Imam Mahdi. If he is going to establish that kind of universal justice, then people who do the least of zulm cannot help him. You know, if you want to help people who are affected by illness and some germs and, you know, viruses, then you cannot take with you as helpers the people who spread germs. You have to make sure that your helpers and assistants are clean, pure. Then you say, okay, help me. So, inshallah, I hope we would qualify ourselves in order to become helpers of Imam Mahdi Sharif in spreading first justice and then all moral virtues. Inshallah, you study yourself lessons four and five. And lesson six is about some of the major aspects of Islamic theory of ethics. This book is not about Islamic theory of ethics or you know Islamic moral philosophy because that needs a separate book. And actually some of the philosophical discussions I have removed it. So this is just a very brief uh, reference to some major aspects of Islamic ethics that inshallah I think we can discuss it uh, in the next session uh, so that I leave some time for question and answer. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to put into practice everything that we learn and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to improve day by day our qualities, our virtues, our actions, our intentions, our thoughts, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alam. Oh,